Hello, and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and advocate for LGBTQ rights. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day, I'm going to share some of my favorite deep cuts with you, so let's take a look at today's story. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. On this day in 1897, Magnus Hirschfeld founded the first ever LGBT rights organization in Berlin. Let's look back on how the Scientific Humanitarian Committee was formed and what impact it has on activism today. But first, a quick note, this episode will include mentions of suicide, homophobia, and anti-Semitism. Magnus Hirschfeld was a gay Jewish physician living in Berlin, Germany. After earning his medical degree, he traveled the world and noticed that in many places he visited, Chicago, Brazil, Morocco, Tokyo, there were gay subcultures. At the time, there wasn't much writing or research being done about the lives of gay people, and he wanted to normalize the natural existence of homosexuality. But soon, Hirschfeld's work became even more personal. In 1896, one of Hirschfeld's patients, whom he treated for depression, died by suicide. In the note he left, he told Hirschfeld that, quote, The thought that you could contribute a future, when the German fatherland will think of us in more than just terms, sweetens the hour of my death. In other words, he died hoping that Hirschfeld could seek justice for gay people in Germany. So the following year, he formed the first LGBT rights organization in modern history. One of the primary goals of the Scientific Humanitarian Committee, abbreviated as the WHK in German, was to repeal paragraph 175 of the German Imperial Penal Code. This provision, enacted in 1871, made homosexual acts between men a crime— Hirschfeld and the WHK collected over 5,000 signatures supporting the repeal of this legislation. Even cultural luminaries like Albert Einstein, writer Hermann Hesse, poet Rainer Maria Rilke, and author Leo Tolstoy signed the petition. Unfortunately, the court would not budge. Even worse, the provision soon expanded to criminalize sexual acts between women as well. Still, Hirschfeld kept fighting for the rights of queer people in Germany. He defied taboos by revealing the first statistical evidence that suicide was more likely among homosexuals than heterosexuals. He attributed this to the unjust prejudice that queer people faced in German society. He referenced the trials of the famous writer Oscar Wilde, author of The Picture of Dorian Gray. In 1895, Wilde was sentenced to two years of imprisonment and hard labor in England. Due to his high profile, the case received attention across Europe. Hirschfeld believed that the causes of gay rights and women's rights were linked, so by 1905 he joined a feminist organization founded by Helene Stroker. Stroker helped Hirschfeld's efforts to repeal paragraph 175, while Hirschfeld helped campaign to decriminalize abortion. Though the pair had limited success, their efforts paved the way for future feminist and LGBT right movements in Germany. But by the 1920s, as the Nazi party came into power, Hirschfeld was in trouble. As a gay Jewish activist, he was targeted by the Nazis and exiled to France, where he died in 1935. 
The Nazi Party's genocide of over 6 million Jewish people has gone down in history as one of the most horrific human acts of all time. But the Nazis also targeted gay people, and they used paragraph 175 to justify this. For decades, Hirschfeld had worked tirelessly to repeal this provision, which criminalized homosexual acts, but now, under the Nazi regime, it was enforced more ruthlessly than ever. Between 1933 and 1945, when World War II ended, over 50,000 men were arrested for homosexuality, while some were incarcerated in standard prisons between 5,000 and 15,000 were sent to concentration camps. There is absolutely no silver lining here, but sometimes in the worst circumstances, ordinary people demonstrate unthinkable heroism. One of the members of the WHK, Kurt Hiller, was sent to a concentration camp. Against all odds, he survived. And after the war, he continued fighting against anti-gay oppression. His dedication is inspiring, even after living through unthinkable circumstances. Over the years, many activists like Hiller tried to re-establish the WHK after Hirschfeld's death. But, though they were unsuccessful, many Germans continued to fight for justice, just the way that Hirschfeld had began it. And now, so many LGBT rights organizations exist around the world. The homophobic paragraph 175 was not deleted from German law until 1994. That's nearly 100 years after Hirschfeld's initial efforts to repeal the provision. We've made great strides towards queer justice in recent years, but there is still so much more to be done. Many countries still have laws like paragraph 175, which are, of course, extremely harmful to queer people. Despite the challenges that lay ahead, it's still important to celebrate the progress that we've already made, thanks to activists like Magnus Hirschfeld. Now let's talk about music. Today, in 2002, the Wu-Tang name generator was created. The fan-made app, which is still online, turns your name into an alias that would fit in with the rest of the rap collective. When Donald Glover started his music career, he put his name into the generator and got Childish Gambino. If you put MXM Tune into the generator, you get Master Commander. So hey, just leaving that out there. And now for our final segment of the day, I'll be going into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a May 15th in my life. On May 15th, 2020, I have a photo here of me, and this is very boring mundane facts, but I, I've i talked about it before in terms of the fact that I, I really like video games, but on May, 20, May 15th, 2020, I was obsessed with one particular video game because it had just recently come into beta, and that game is Valorant. Valorant is an FPS game made by Riot Games. Um, I It was my first Riot game. I played a little bit of League like back in 2014, but that's it. And I had gotten access to the beta for uh, Valorant when they were putting keys out online for people. Um, and I just, like, I still play it a full year later. It's still one of my favorite games. It makes me rage like nothing else, but it's still extremely fun. Um, and I'm still playing the exact same character, Sage, as I was on day one. Thanks for going back in time with me, and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can come back tomorrow for more stories from the past. I'll see you then. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so 
Don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's three sixty.